0: So welcome back to Now Open the Podcast, the sex education podcast that's more sex than education. I'm Drew. I'm Jobim. And we, of course, are joined by Rye and Winter.
1: This week, we're learning some lessons and insights from the fine art of shibari and how you can start practicing as well. In part one, we discussed the people behind the rope and some common misconceptions. This is part two of Not That Innocent, although uh, Matt says that an alternative uh, title for this should have been Naughty and Nice. Uh, oh, that's Swithy. So, uh, this is part that's two great. about that in a study uh, on Shibari. We'll talk about the experiences, the positive, the negative, and how you can experience them for yourself. The positive ones, we mean. Trigger warnings, uh, as in the first part, kink, violence, sex, masturbation, and possibly some self-harm. <laughs>
0: This podcast deals with themes, languages, and situations that may not be suitable for young audiences. If you're under the age of 18, parental guidance isn't going to help you here. All right. So again, we're once again joined by Rai and Winter, two of our favorite shibari um, experts for this week. So in part one, we talked about the history. We, We talked a little bit about Winter and Rai themselves. Um... Now let's get a little deeper. So what do you think is one thing, like if you had to choose one thing that everybody should absolutely know about Shibari? If it has to be like the one, only thing they know about it, what what should it be?
2: Rope does not equal sex. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh. People always assume it means sex or that if people are tying that they're sleeping with each other. No. You can have intimacy without sex. What's sex anyways? These are all sorts of questions, right? This gets sticky. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be here for the next three hours. (laughs) I mean, three days.
3: (laughs) Uh, I think for me, it's like rope is definitely fun, but it can be dangerous. Like there's definitely risks to it. There's definitely Mm -hmm. dangers to it. So if you're going to get involved with ropes, even if it's just basic ties, You have to know how to prevent accidents. You have to know the body placements, everything, the basics, back to the basics, because it can be dangerous.
1: I'm curious, what are some of the uh, hazards or common accidents that happen when rope tying? What are some some of the things that are mistakes that commonly occur?
3: nerve damages i think that's some of the most common accidents that happens like when you tie in a certain placement too tight or the wrong placement in general you can damage your nerves and you can lose sensation to the hands to the feet
1: forever and,
3: mm, I, I wouldn't say forever but some cases yes Yes.
1: Oh, damn.
2: So actually, it's not super widespread knowledge. But if someone's a professional rope model, after about three years, they probably already have some cumulative nerve damage. Yeah. Um, Really? However, nerve damage is, I would say it's not necessarily the most common. Sorry, (laughs) right? It's okay. It's okay. I'm learning also. Um, It's the most serious. There has been like one instance of people dying from Shibari but this is it's very specific like okay I think this was um it happened in Italy where the they didn't have the rope they didn't have the scissors they didn't have their cutting tool oh no when they were playing they were all high and drunk oh um and it was three people so it was a rigger and their partner and someone that was joining them and they they were in a breath predicament
3: uh, yeah. So the yeah. two
2: were like, if one was comfortable, the other one was suffocating,
1: and mm.
2: the cutting tool was in the trunk of the car.
3: No. Oh.
1: And somebody suffocated.
2: And somebody suffocated, and it was the person's partner, unfortunately. It was a horrible, no. really bad oh. story. Um, it was news, maybe seven years ago or eight years mm-hmm. ago. I think the rigor still ties. Like a few years later, I'm like, I have no idea. Like it's a horrible situation to be in no matter which. Mm-hmm. So like always have your cutting tool.
1: Right, yes. especially if that's your partner, you know, I mean, speaking of partners, I mean, I'm sure that you guys have developed relationships through this uh, through this practice, through the, through the community. Uh, Rai, you've mentioned your master several times. What uh, what has Shibari taught you about uh, relationships and how you are in, in in relationships?
3: I've definitely learned a lot. It's I definitely learned that I suck at communicating, at at least in the beginning. I like I was not vocal with my emotions. I was not vocal like with what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. But I've definitely improved so much with that because my master is the kind of person who encourages you to speak up. And encourages you like if this is what you want, you have to tell me. If this is what you don't want, you have to tell me. And I've definitely realized that with shibari, especially because it involves literal tying, then there involve you involve danger into the mix of the relationship. You kind of have to really trust the person, you know. You have there's trust to it, so. Communication and comprehension plays a big part in the relationship and understanding, a lot of understanding.
0: So let's talk about some of the uh, experiences that you've had um, as people in the scene and as people, as riggers and rigged, riggy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually do have a question because somebody did ask me this a couple of weeks ago. Why is it called Rope Bunny?
1: Yeah. I, have, I, I don't know of any activity that involves the frequent tying up of rabbits.
0: I don't think <laughs> of that. It can't be a
2: turn of phrase. like.
1: <laughs> well, there's also the term snow bunny, which refers to another kind of person.
2: I am not sure why. <laughs> Actually, it was just when I went to dojo in Australia, they just called people riggers and bunnies. And when I went back to the Philippines and started teaching, that's the phrasing I used but it's used in other places too it's used in the west i'm not sure where it comes from some people are like is it because they wiggle when they're tied up and they jump around (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) if someone knows please please let me please tell me i'm interested also this is a a frequently asked question
0: (laughs) i think my favorite uh head canon or my favorite theory is that you know the little bunny nose wiggle like the Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the wiggle that you do when you're tied up and you can't itch your nose. (laughs) That's my favorite headcanon about it,
2: but I'm not, that doesn't sound like it's right. So I'm a sadomasochist too, but I'm selective about when I express my sadism because, like, for me, it's for the longest time I was in denial about it. So for me, it's hard. Like, I have to feel really comfortable and really close to someone. But sometimes when I'm being a dick, Someone's like my nose is itchy. I'm like, okay, I'll scratch it, but then I'll pull my finger
3: back. <laughs> that, that's like, that's so evil it. of <laughs> you. That's evil. so evil. It's
2: very hard small. limit. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> <hard small> thing, <laughs> and it's harmless. But if you experience it, it's irritating as fuck.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's really interesting because, like, a lot of people think that. Um, when we talk about bondage and I guess BDSM on a larger scale, it's a lot about pain. It's a lot about leather whips, yeah. chains, degrading people. But even something as small as
1: dominatrixes, yeah, like and all fishnets
0: yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But like even as something as simple as like I'm not gonna scratch your nose. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tickling, yeah. you know, right, you know. Right. even yeah. tickling, to, you can't. You know. want me to scratch yeah. your
0: nose? Too bad. And yeah, the more I don't,
2: dominated. The more it's like the most dominant thing you think about, and the yeah. right, and then it's like it's like you can have it. You can you can you can have it. So it's a bit <laughs> of a mind bug
3: Yeah, it's even it's tickling can be a form of torture, like. Oh, yeah. right. you're, you're all tied up and like you're all gonna on the, the person of oh it's horrible it's oh, horrible hard, hard thing <laughs> <Tickling> is also
0: <laughs> a hard limit of mine <laughs> I'm no. okay with so many things
1: do you guys do anything to get into the headspace when you're about to uh, tie somebody up or if you're about to be tied up is there um, I can imagine uh, that, that being tied up uh, you'd have to be in the right headspace. Otherwise, uh, yes. if, if, if might, it might turn into a pretty bad experience pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys do?
3: For me, when I get tied, well, I haven't really been tied with a lot of people. Like, it's mostly with just my master and a few friends. But when I get tied, I like to be, like, just communication beforehand. Like, we're going to, like, you don't have to tell me all the things that you're gonna do to me, but you're gonna tell me that oh you're gonna suffer. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for it. But when I'm tying, I usually ask the bunny if like there's is there's some kind of music that you'll prefer to listen to? Is there like what's your yes, no's, what's your maybes that we can discuss? And mm. Yeah, but mostly it's just like, I try to make them as comfortable, especially if I'm meeting them for the first time. I try to make them as comfortable as possible before tying, and then I can be not nice to you.
1: Mm, Okay. (laughs) I like that. There are levels to it.
3: Yeah. For
2: me, it depends. Because going back again to the types of rope, bedroom rope, performance rope, photography rope, Are all different. Yeah. So depending on what you're doing, you might use different rope. You might use different techniques. You might use different ties. So if it's more of an intimate setting where my goal is really to connect, like I don't want it to be too bright. I want there to be enough light. But you know, like sometimes fluorescent light is like. (laughs) Um, There is specific music I like that just, it brings me into that headspace, And actually I've found that um, the more you use the same music, sometimes you'll hear it and you'll just go into that headspace. That's, oh yeah,
3: yeah. Because you're yes.
2: already accustomed to being into that altered mental state and yes. then anything that reminds you of it will bring you there. So sometimes I'll hear um, like the sound of the rope knots hitting the foam mats and that'll remind me of when I'm studying and attending conferences and events, because that's the very specific place where you will always hear that sound. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Matt says share playlist. Oh yeah, I can <laughs>
3: share my playlist.
1: It's just a, it's just the whole Nine Inch Nails album, really.
0: That's uh, I have a small complaint to file with Spotify. Because I was looking for a BDSM playlist earlier uh, to play on my stream. And all of the ones that I was looking up had so many questionable choices. Oh. Like one had <laughs> Pillow Talk by Zane. Mm. Which is a very interesting choice, I think. Or EDM. There was also EDM, which I think is also an also interesting choice.
3: Oh, I like trans music. Like, like trans music, sometimes just like straight up. Glitch hop sometimes, so it's like, Ooh, yeah, it puts, you I, in a trance. It, it puts you in a trance, it just gets you in that altered state
1: as advertised. All right,
3: I like um Lindsey
2: Sterling, I like Ooh. Glitch Mob, I, I like, love um, Glitch Mob. I try to look for songs that have good beats but no vocals, mm. and then I try to put them together so that um at least for performances, I put them together so that I know, okay, this is where, this is the buildup, this is the climax, this is the calm down. And at least yeah. also like by which song is playing, I know how far into the performance I need to be. But that's, that's for great. like rehearsed things. That's so I do make a distinction between two, but tying is tying i mean really if i I take a step back and i'm like it's all tying but then Mm -hmm. it's also like if you want to be a nerd about it and be like microscope magnifying glass you can find all these different tiny nuances it's a very rich culture
0: That was Haunted by Rosa and Solana. You can stream their music now on Spotify. And please, if you want to be featured on the show, we'd be honored. Please send us your clips to nowopenph at gmail.com. Send us your clips in a short description and we'll play your song on the show.
1: That's right. We have a huge audience. You send your song over to our show and all of a sudden 12 people know it. Exactly. That's
0: 12 (laughs) more than it used to. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: That's a lot, actually. Well,
2: it's a podcast, so it often <laughs> trickles over time. Exactly.
0: There's infinite replayability there.
2: Yes. All right. So we'll get
0: back into the discussion, but uh, let's first do our opening up segment. So for today's opening up, our anonymous letter goes, Hi, I've always hated my body and I always feel so insecure about it. I hated the lines, the curves, the stretch marks, the small dick, the dark spots. How can I learn to love my body? Oh, feel free to answer, oh, right. oh, right. Ron. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> if oh, you'd wow. like to, if you have wow. any advice.
2: You just mm. gotta own it and you gotta love you first. It it takes a lot. Like, because I I think in the in the excerpt in the in the setup, I, I talked a little bit about how I was laying low from the scene for a while. Um it it's hard work to go through yeah. the therapy and learning to accept the things and learning to heal from things. It's hard work, but it's very worth it because your, your body is your vehicle and you're the one that lives there. And as much as you love other people, you need to help yourself too. You need to put yourself first. And it's very hard. I know it's very hard for a Filipino to be told, you need to put yourself first because we're very yes. centric We're very family-centric, but... You can't help other people if you don't help yourself first. Yeah. And you're, you're beautiful. You're, you're valid. And your experience is valid. And yes. I hope that you come to see the positive aspects of your life and your body and your impact on other people. Because I'm sure there are good things. And you just need to repeat that to yourself. Like mm. tell yourself the good things rather than the bad things, because the way you talk to yourself is very impactful.
1: Right. In, in my personal experience, uh, sure, there, there are a lot of people that feel uh, the fixate on not being physically attractive because that's where they that's where they're looking for their sense of value. And uh, yeah. a lot of times, uh, people will try to increase their sense of value in other things. Right. But what I've found is that that doesn't always fix the situation. It makes, you, it makes you bitter and resentful that you're good at this thing, but you're ugly, right? So what, what I've found helps, uh, what, what helped me is just reframing uh, the importance of physical beauty to yourself mm. and how, I mean, you need to take a really deep look inside and think about how truly important physical looks are to you and then take a deep look into why they're so important to you. Because once you realize that looks are at the very bottom of the totem pole when it comes to what you should be looking for in a person, your insecurities, and you have a real, a genuine understanding of that. Not that you know you hear the words and you understand the concept, you, you really understand that, that beauty is nowhere near as important as modern society uh, forces us to think. Then your insecurities just melt away.
3: If there's one thing, like I'm because I'm non-binary, but like I'm born as female, so I have a lot of body dysmorphia. Mm. (laughs) And there's one thing, if there's one thing that my therapist taught me about loving yourself, loving your body, is that you don't have to like force yourself into loving yourself now. Like we don't have to say, oh, I'm so beautiful or something like that. But you can begin to start with being neutral to yourself first. And then loving yourself. So yeah. it's like instead of saying I hate my body, it's like, well, at least I'm not this or like, that's kind of bad. But like <laughs> at least like I do this. My body is doing this. It's keeping me alive. Yeah. It's keeping Just me protected. Just be grateful for
1: what you have. Yes,
3: like right. start with right. being appreciative first. Like you don't have to f- see yourself beautiful now, but at least you can be neutral about it first, and then work from there.
0: I think that's really the goal. It's it's body neutrality. And um, one thing that I did appreciate from the pandemic is how it allowed me to step outside of, of that fixation on how I look because now nobody sees me. <laughs> nobody sees me from the neck down. So, you know, like because of that and I was no longer fixated on my looks, I was able to step back and appreciate my body better. So maybe what you can do is give yourself a break. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to not think about your body for a minute, you know, give yourself maybe a week, even just start with one day where you don't think about your body and then notice how your world doesn't collapse, (laughs) even though you're not thinking about it so much. So, yeah, just gain a bigger perspective about all the other things that are going on. Appreciate your body. And once you start appreciating it, you'll want to take care of it. And that doesn't necessarily mean becoming more beautiful. It just means taking care of it feeding it well, sleeping, exercising, eating good food, and being happy and spending time with people you love. You know, you take care of yourself. And if you take care of yourself, then the rest will follow.
1: Eventually. It doesn't have to come right away. And don't feel bad if it doesn't come right away. Eventually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. So if you'd like to send us your anonymous questions or confessions, we'll read them out on the show and we'll try to answer them as genuinely as possible. We used to be a little snarky, didn't we?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, th- these these are, these are honest questions. Now, these are honest questions th- this time.
0: That is true. We used to get such strange. I, I wasn't sure about really questions. weird questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, are you? Am I understanding this question correctly? <laughs> so but now we anyway, actually get the help yet?
0: Now back to the discussion. All right. So we've spent this whole uh time talking about the different forms that rope bondage can take, why we personally enjoy it, and I know, a few tips and tricks sprinkled in there, but a lot of people have been asking throughout the show, like, what rope do I get? How do I get into it? Where do I start? So what are some of the tips and tricks you have for people who are just starting out with this?
2: Tough one, because it's very broad. <laughs> um, start small. Okay, don't rush. Start small. Don't rush.
3: Yeah, learn in a person lot of research. as much as
2: possible, learn in person, if not one of like, I believe that like if COVID was good for anything, it's that there is a lot more online Shabari resources available now. There used to not be. And when I attended classes, like they wouldn't even let you record, but now they record it themselves and they share it with you. Uh, because you know, it's. I'm pretty sure it's affected their business model as well. Uh, there are a few. There's several different uh, teachers. I don't know. Am I am I supposed to say or not say? Because <laughs> it's different different brands. So there's like um, Osada Ryu. So Osada Steve is does have online classes. Bruce S and M has online classes. Namashikana, who I have studied with she they offer classes online uh you can go to yagami ren offers oh. online classes um she you know, that i've studied with there's a lot of people that if you reach out and ask them you you can uh there's also karate house which is based in berlin they do a lot of different online workshops um with a payment scale so if you can't pay as much there's like uh lesser ticket uh there's also shibari study so there's tons of references out there i also teach so you can reach out to me Uh, mostly um i started using a fansly just so that i i did a podcast last month and they were like well are you still teaching and i was like maybe i can make myself more accessible because i want to so Mm. if i have pre recorded stuff i can put it up or because I don't, there's like a handful of people that I will practice with in person and teach in person, but I'm sure there's a lot more people that want to learn. And yeah, so I teach. <laughs> uh, who else teaches? Definitely um, Karate House Shibari Study, very big resources online. They have archives. So there's like a lot up there. But of course, whatever you learn, as much as possible. It's good to learn in person because you you can learn the patterns, but you won't really know the tension,
3: yes. like how tight
2: you can go or how to find where to go. These things are very, very important and you need to learn them in person and locally. There is Shibari PH and also Manila Rope. You can reach out to you can reach out to Tony and to Deep. Mm-hmm. I think he's out as D, okay. Yeah, that's yes, where I yes. was like, because I know he has another, he has a different name that he uses too. So Tony and D are the main people I know. There's probably other people that teach too. So, like, just maybe look around and see what's going on.
3: Yeah, you really have to research. Are there any beginner ties you would recommend? The single column. Yes, definitely the single the column. The
0: and everything. So what is a single column tie? Just to no, I don't have that. rope.
2: I, I do. We <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, go around a column and then... I don't have anything to tie <laughs> You go around a column. Oh, wait. Maybe my panda bear.
0: Oh, <laughs> Is this panda bear specifically for demonstrations?
2: No, this is my little panda. I'm also a little. This is Pandy. Hi, Pandy.
0: Oh, that's super cute. we're tying (laughs) panties so to everyone listening on our spotify winter is now tying a stuffed panda with a rope to demonstrate a single column tie which is basically you're just tying a rope around a column right
2: yes Yes. there's a single column a double column
3: triple column single column tie that's usually the base the start of everything so this tie can be
0: used to tie what exactly like which parts of the body and, and for what purposes
3: so usually, a lot of the times, it's used to constrict the wrist. So like in a TK, you tie the wrist together at the back like that. You tie it the single column tie. You can also tie it with your ankles, your waist, above the hips. So it's, there's a lot of places, really. But most is for to begin. You start with the single column tie, and then you wrap around more. You s- start to have more patterns from there on. So you see how um, they're going in
2: different directions here? It's forming, I think, some people call it a U or a V or it looks like a book that's open. That's how you know it's not going to collapse on itself. Because sometimes if you tie the knot wrong, it collapses and it'll tighten. It becomes a slip knot, but this isn't, I can pull on it really tight, but it's not.
0: Poor (laughs) Pandy.
3: Pandy can take it.
0: Pandy's a strong one
3: I think she's suspending Pandy. Oh no
0: <laughs> Oh I miss being suspended
3: <laughs> Alright so if
0: anyone in the Who's listening right now has any questions For Ryan Winter uh, Please sound off in the comments We have a couple already um, I like this question because I, I like how this person thinks Can performing shibari be paid Or is it just art and self-expression
3: there are important
0: questions
3: I think, I think I've seen some of the people, like some bunnies, some models, who get paid to be tied in performances. I've definitely sad, seen some of those, but not locally. I haven't seen anyone do that locally.:
0: <laughs> I was paid once to a, a few oh. times to Bunny um, for, for some performances at the old Pineapple Lab RIP.
2: Oh mm. is it gone now?
0: Uh yeah, so no oh. more beautiful suspension points. It's
2: terrible. <laughs> it was such a beautiful space. Oh, yes. I wish I could have seen it. Um, so, yes, so. people do get paid. So my teachers, going back to the history and the culture of Shabar, <laughs> I see is very involved. Well. This this like <sighs> part of it is. Do you, are you familiar with like the Japanese host clubs? Yes. Mm. Or like the the, the maid cafes. Yes. So the maid cafe is similar to the host club, I guess, you know, because you go to the place and then the people interact with you, you hang out with them, you buy more drinks, you buy more food. SM bars is part and parcel of where Shibari developed. So that's where the first performances were. And it organically developed outside from this culture. So like it kind of. Midori wrote a really good article recently about how people romanticize the origins of shibari by like, oh, the samurai did it and uh, it's this ancient art form. But also this specific art form is newer. Uh, it developed in the sex work industry and you can't really separate it from the host club culture. So there are people that get paid for it. Mm. Yeah. And also consent was kind of, is kind of foggy the way it is there because it's a job. <laughs> uh, there's She goes into the reasoning far better than I can right now. Uh, but there are these contexts to it that sometimes get missed. So it was right of her to point them out, I think. Also here in the US, there are al- alternative models that get paid to be tied for photos. Um, when the Japanese Nawashi fly here Usually uh, in accompaniment to the classes and intensives that they will be teaching, there will be a performance night where people pay to watch. And these people are not necessarily the people attending the events, attending the educational part. So there are ways, but it's not super widespread.
0: And and the Philippines, probably not so much. We have like two events where <laughs> you can see live rope art obviously not anymore because of the pandemic but prior there were like two or three events um winter we met at one event yeah several years ago uh, that's
2: pretty great though that there are still regular like i'm really happy to hear that that there's still regular events
0: up until the pandemic um i think the year before there was a, a kink carnival yeah, there was
3: a Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah, right. I've met i I met you, Drew, in Amistique. So <laughs> that is true. Actually, earlier when we
0: were talking about injuries, um, I wanted to bring up the Amistique because you oh. you got injured, semi injured during yeah, Amistique, yeah. um, while you were in like Subspace. <laughs> yeah,
3: I was I was tied to. I think it was a chair. I, I was tied to a chair, and then it toppled over. <laughs> well, I was. you were tied. tied to someone else. Yeah, I was your, your tied, your tied to someone else. Tied. Yeah. So I toppled over. I was like, I was in some space like, what? What? What is going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like you didn't even know you fell over, and everyone ran to you to help you up. It was a lovely <laughs> yeah. show of community at that moment. All right, we have another question. Um, so very understandable how someone would get pleasure from being tied up, right? You mentioned oxytocin, adrenaline, etc. But how does someone get pleasure from tying
2: someone else up? It's wonderful,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> because in that in that rope, rope space, in that in that oneness, it's kind of like a trance, um, and everything else melts away. And to me, all that's there is the nuances I'm reading off of the person, like how they're feeling, where they're at, where I can take to mentally, and I really enjoy that space. For me, it's not necessarily a control thing. This is something that I've recently like clarified with people because I have a clearer way of expressing it now is I'm not a dom. I don't need to be in control, but I am a top. I want to give you these sensations. I want to give you this experience. But also in order for it to be the experience, in order for it to be the best experience for the moment, it also needs to be what you need
3: so
0: okay.
2: does someone want to relax or does someone want to cry mm-hmm. and I end up being engrossed in that process of helping them get there if if you've ever done like arts and crafts or programming or it's like you end up in the zone and then you're just in the zone for as long as you
3: can be in the zone which yes is like is
2: very important because if you can find someone's placements like their ideal placements you can tie for so long, for so much longer. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> well, that wraps up our discussions on shibari and rope bondage. Thank you so much, Winter and Rai, for, for going on to the show and um, talking about your experiences and educating us about, you know, the history and the practices of shibari. So uh, I guess as a final takeaway, um, do you have like a final message to our customers listening in?
3: I guess, you know, if, if you want to explore Shibari, definitely do a lot of research first and then do like Winter said, do it in person if you can and have fun. Really have fun. <laughs> That's all for me. Start small.
2: <laughs> Work up to it. Try to love yourself love other yes. people. <laughs> I think that's a summary, right? But like when you're in that rope space, it's just super peaceful. Yes. Oh. And I wish more people could experience that. Like it's not always about how intense or how hard or how great everything looks. You know, it's it's what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. It's so cheesy winter. Oh, but it's true, that. but it's true. The real shibari is the friends
0: we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so would you like to promote anything? Uh, maybe any upcoming guestings, your own social media, a website, world peace? Uh,
3: <laughs> For me, I just like if you can give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram, that would be awesome because I'm i still not sure yet, but I might do more rope sessions with other people. So I, I'm just taking it slow. I'm just yes. being cautious about it, but I might be open to tying more people at this point. So if you want to get tied by me in the future, I you know, we can talk about it.
0: All right. I will leave a link to Rise Twitter in the comments. So make sure to check that out. How about you, Winter? Anything you'd like to write?
2: So I am winter underscore Nawa on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, also Fansly. I have a Fansly account, which I make tiered content. So it's the the full photo sets from the photos that I post on Instagram. And I've started doing videos from my rope labs. So my personal regular practice the highlights from it I'll post or if I do self ties or ties with other people I'll post that as extra content too Um, I do offer a service there where there's an online student subscriber it's like $20 Uh, you get access to the videos and also every week you can send me a few photos of one of your ties and I'll give you feedback on it so that's like the best thing that I can offer from a distance. It's not like the over Zoom things. Cause um, I mean, I can do that too, but that does take more time to schedule.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, the easiest way to reach me is Instagram. I am also on, I have a Facebook fan page for my rope art, but I don't, I'm not on there that much. <laughs>
0: Alright, I left a link to Winter's Instagram and the comments. Uh, I'm... I changed my Twitter name, so please follow me if you haven't already. I'm at O B. so D-R-E-W-S-K-I-E-O-B. Uh, and, of course, stay updated with Now Open by following us on Facebook, Twitter. That's at Now NowOpenPH. And make sure to follow us on Spotify as well. That's where we'll be releasing our upcoming episodes. We will no longer be doing a Facebook Live, but please... Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. Our next episode, which we're releasing in a couple of weeks, is the Sex World Tour Part One: Flirting. So we're going to be talking about like the different customs and traditions in regards to flirting around the world. So we'll be talking about like the Filipino ligo, um, how Japanese people are extremely cryptic. Uh, we're we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do a whole world tour. So. Make sure to listen in for that two-parter on Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to our coffee page, that's coffee.com/nowopenph. You can get bonus content and other special perks including a 20% off on our merch store which is now live. So you can check out our merch store, get your own Now Open stickers and a shirt designed by Rob Cham. Check the episode description and the comments for the merch store and see y'all around. When we next open.